Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of HD Embodied. This uh, this episode, we're talking about the Splenic Center. It's actually my favorite center. I'm a little bit biased, though. My personality, Sungay Energy, lives here. So it's a center that I love to play around with. I love to talk about this theme. <clears throat> By no means am I the expert at that, which is why I have two beautiful guests here to join me. But the Splenic Center is uh, all about primal awareness body awareness it's about instincts it's about intuition it's about health it's about wellness and wellness in you know these modern times i'm really excited to talk about that theme with these two guests today because you know wellness back in cavemen days was just staying alive but wellness in today's uh era and this shifting era that we have where life and society and the way that we live our lives is really changing and the human design geeks out there know what I'm talking about when I talk about the new era, this 2027 collective energetic shift from this uh, cross of planning and this more masculine way of living life to the cross of the sleeping phoenix and this more feminine led way of life is really, uh, really exciting. And this theme is really changing and shifting in society. And we have two women on today who have really lived this uh as well as living their human design in entirety in their day-to-day lives. So I'm really excited for this. Um, So today we have Demetra, who is an amazing projector. Uh, Say it again. (laughs) I call it Dima. Dima. I know. Demetra. Demetra. Such a beautiful Mm -hmm. name. I've never, I've never, Mm -hmm. ever heard of it before. Demetra. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Demetra is a 1-3 projector. Mm-hmm. She has uh, an incredible setup in her system. She's a, an emotional wave connected to her, so solar plexus connected to her ego center. And she has her ajna and her throat defined and everything else undefined and open. So she has a, an undefined splenic center with two gates down there. For the real human design geeks, she's a right angle cross of planning number four. Um, so you guys will go and frantically look that up or know what that means. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to have a projector and especially a 1-3 projector on this call. Uh, Clara is also a 1-3. So we have these beautiful truth seekers on the call today, which is a really exciting energy. I love 1-3s. 1-3s are like my jam when we're talking about one threes, what have we got here? We've got these information gatherers, these knowledge seekers, these, uh, you know, the walking one threes, especially the walking libraries, right? Like they have so much uh, knowledge and wisdom in their 
minds, but also in their bodies when they're one threes, because they've got these beautiful experimenter energies that go out and actually get dirty, get their hands in amongst life and actually play around with life. Uh, and this is why I call them the truth seekers, right? Because they don't just take information as gospel. They go around and play around with it and find out what is the truth of that information for them. So Clara is also a one three. She is the, the two three profile and she has uh, an emotional wave as well. So we have another emotional wave person on, on the call tonight. For those of you out there with emotional waves, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that too and how it relates to body wellness. Um, she has her emotional wave by being a manifesting generator. So that solar plexus connects right up to the throat uh, gives her this beautiful generator, sacral lit energy, but also this incredible manifester uh, urge in her system. And she has a defined solar plexus. So uh, Clara has uh, the what is um, sometimes called the health highway channel, which is 44, uh, 26, running right through the middle of the chart there. Um, a really incredible channel. We're going to talk about that a little bit today with her and her experience of that. Um, and in terms of her incarnation cross, she's the right angle cross of the Sphinx two, right? So that's my introduction of the ladies, but I'd love to hear from them about, you know, themselves and their lives and their relationship to this magical thing called intuition and body wellness and, uh, and, and how they've lived that out in their lives. So over to you ladies. That's a huge question. <laughs> do you want us, like, do you want the, like, brief, like, one-sentence version of that? Or do you want just us to go from here and talk about? Well, the, the thing I love about the two of you is, like, there's such a, um, when I was feeling into this call, like, I feel like there is such a, like, I really honestly, out of all the calls that I've been filming, this feels like I've just sat down at a kitchen table and <laughs> I wish there was a whole bunch of yummy food that we could share and have a cup of tea. So give me the long answer. Give me whatever answer you want to give in relation to that. Let's just have a chat like we're around a kitchen table. Well, I can give like, you both know my journey, but I'll give for anyone listening, like in my journey with, food we're talking about food yeah yeah we can, can talk you about tell food. me so i don't know sacral like when you say sacral can you elaborate like today we're focusing on the sacral we're focusing on the splenic center right so in human design the splenic center is this like primal center it's our body awareness so we have other centers that relate to our mental awareness or our higher self but the splenic center is really like our human, our animal body, our physical, like we have meaty, fleshy goodness here on this lifetime. You know, we're an energetic being and we've got all this amazing, you know, woo stuff. And the three of us are preparing at right now for a very out there event. But really, at the end of the day, we have bodies and that's the thing that we came here to experience and this center is all about that so somebody who has this center defined in human design like clara does she's somebody who here has an internal radar for her own uh wellness and safety and well-being and you know her intuitive pings are part of what guides her through life 
somebody who has this open like you do is really sensitive to the wellness of the collective and takes that information into your system and uh and the way that uh, quite often what happens when you have this openness to your system is you take that in and you uh cling to it and make it mean something about you rather than seeing uh you know that info as information about the field right um and mm -hmm. and digesting it as information about the field and using that to serve something around what you uh do internally right so um, people that have this open tend to be um, like a little bit more programmable here around having a body and having a fleshy meat sack and, and in mm. not trusting intuitive uh, kind of uh, radars or being really, really sensitive to these intuitive kind of radars, right? So in all of that, mm. Tell me about your relationship to your own body and your journey around food, because I really know that that's something that you've like gone all in mm -hmm. on. You know what's so interesting as you say that is that like I've always had this very deep connection to my own knowing that really guides my life, and it has been very um like I feel like it's led me into each phase of my journey, like without my mind really agreeing or wanting to do what it says but me just being like this is like the next thing and this is the next thing but as you're saying that like with me having that center open and I'm definitely do not know very much about human design but like if I feel that around my body like I feel like I trust that knowing so deeply in every area of my life but I think my body and my health has been like the last place where I haven't really like trusted it all the way. Like, and it was really just a little over a year ago now when I started this, like my, my, what I've been calling my food journey, when I realized that um, my relationship, like I had been under eating my whole life and really, um, had an eating disorder without like, I wasn't super intent on labeling it, but I basically had just been like underfed and really like when you say programmed, just very constantly looking for like the next way of eating that was gonna make me healthy and the next thing that was gonna be like the right way for me to be. And always like, like I was really looking outside of myself for those answers, which is curious to me um, because I didn't, I haven't done that in any other place. Yeah. But for some reason with my body, like I, I still really was like, I, I was, and maybe not all the way. Like I was, I was scared of the like Western medical system entirely, but um, I just had a lot of like fear and, and like hesitancy around my body and my health and and all of that and so when so a year ago i started to just eat more food which then led me into realizing um the extent of like how afraid i was of gaining weight and eating all the things and what would happen and i think i connected back into like i could feel very deeply that this was the true thing for me to do was to just like i had to eat all of the things um and 
that like resulted in me basically almost doubling my body weight in a year and yeah it's been it's been really beautiful to watch from what you've just said I think for the listeners out there who have open splenic centers and really like so that reflection of like this is the the place that you you know you were programmable you know where you did not have this like knowing that you had everywhere else in your life this is this is what openness in our system is all about and it's perfect right so it's it's like how we get our medicine i was talking to somebody yesterday that we spend the first three seven year cycles getting conditioned and programmed that's actually like the purpose of the first 21 years of our life is to get conditioned and programmed because if we were never conditioned and programmed then we would never create medicine because we spend the next three seven year cycles undoing that conditioning and programming coming back to our natural state and all those lessons all that wisdom all that uh, beautiful juicy adventure that we talk becomes then the medicine that we have to ripple out into our families, our communities, and the world at large, right? And so this relationship that you've had with food is like the perfect journey for you, for you to be able to like now be deconditioning, deprogramming, and coming back to your sense of truth. And what I loved is when you talked about fear, because that's fear lives in the splenic center. This is the center for fear. And people that have this center undefined or open are these people that like they can't tell what's they you know what's their fear what's actually inherently keeping them well by keeping them afraid of it um you know kind of like oh i'm i'm fearful of tigers because they might kill me kind of thing right like we have this internal radar for that when we have this defined and people that have this open are just like oh my god there's so much fear in the field and so i'm going to be afraid because I can't tell if I should be or shouldn't be afraid right now, like in terms of am I in danger? I'm not sure, right? And so this is, you know, this is part of the challenge of having an open splenic center. The gift of it is Mm -hmm. you get to tune into your way of finding truth. I think you. Yeah, well, I think there's also been when I think about my weight changing, um, like, that has been a piece that I really had to distinguish between like I can feel everybody else's fear and like the collective fear and what everyone else has to say about like getting fat and gaining weight and like I can feel that in me like that has been a thing the whole time like am I I was so terrified when I started to gain weight because I was just like I'm gonna like end up fat and diseased and like at the bottom of this cliff where nobody loves me anymore and it was just like so intense and I was like but I there's just been this difference between how I feel being in my body at this size versus like how I've been told to feel about my body when I like look in the mirror or um how or how other people like relate to what my body looks like currently I think is that what you mean yes I think that's perfect like I mean who's had that experience of standing in front of the mirror and looking at themselves and thinking about the way that they look actually, rather than tuning into that sensation of feeling what it feels like to be in this body. And I think all three of us on this call have put on weight to some varying degree and have been really, you know, well attuned to actually coming back to that sense of feeling of like, okay, how do I feel in this body right now, rather than all of that 
mental mind chatter, which is the conditioning and programming, what we in our kind of language talk about being that like uh, egoic, more mind, mental, you know, masculine programming, rather than coming back to that feminine led, this is how I feel. This is what my body is telling me. Dima, can you tell, um, tell me a little bit about like when you when you talk about like your inner knowing, um, mm-hmm. you know, and if we look at your human design chart, this is really that like having an emotional wave to clean yourself out and get clarity and coming back to like you have this beautiful defined ego center. In fact, having an, a defined ego center is not common and both of you have defined ego centers on this course. This is fun for me because this is my one of my very few open centers. So I don't Which know the Which one is the ego? The little red triangle. The little red triangle. So most mm-hmm. people, 70% of the population would have this white, right? And they're really sensitive to this programming and conditioning around their worth and value. Um, you know, what makes them worthy? What makes them valuable? What makes them lovable? You know, and rejection and validation and all that sort of stuff. And so I think like when we're talking about putting on weight and your journey around putting on weight and trusting yourself around knowing what your body needed as you undid this, you know, lifelong relationship with food. This is really where that defined ego center, you know, comes into its own, right? Of you being like, no, this is what I want for myself. And this is what I deem worthy and valuable. Uh, for myself, not the external uh, kind of projection of that. So tell me a little bit about your journey around other people's opinions around your, you know, your last year and like really how you stayed in your own truth. Well, I think in order to say that it's like, like I've developed my relationship with truth and like with what I feel over so much time you know like it was like I just feel like each life decision that I have made to like end a relationship or move somewhere else or quit school again like all these different things I feel like really um it was a lot scarier like the first couple times of choosing to do a thing that felt like really scary even though I was like no I know that this is the thing like I didn't have as salt I used to be really victimized by it like but I um over time I think I like built the evidence of like no I can really trust this thing and I think over the past um couple years really as I started working with Perry it was like I started to fully trust it all the way and just like in all areas and I think then I started like building even more evidence. I was like, I'm never wrong. Like, I'm just never wrong. It's never wrong. This feeling is just like, it's not wrong. And so when it happened around my body, I didn't like choose. I don't know if I had a choice that I would have chosen to go on the journey that I went on. Like, I didn't start it off by being like, oh, I think I have an eating disorder. I'm going to fix it. Like, I didn't, that wasn't my relationship with at all it was like oh I'm gonna start nourishing myself more and see if like this is the thing that will help my hormones and then it just like kind of compounded where it was like oh I think that like suddenly I'm just fucking starving 
and like I didn't know I was this starving like it just woke up my hunger and then it was like okay well I'm gonna like eat all whole foods still and then eventually it was like I want a donut the donut was like the turning point for me because I was craving a donut and I was like I don't even like donuts and then we ordered donuts and I like couldn't eat it I was like I'm gonna if I eat this donut I'm gonna die and then I was like Dimitra like this is a problem like (laughs) like it's not that you have to eat donuts every day for the rest of your life but like it the fact that you can't eat this donut because you think you're gonna die is like a problem and so then that led me into all the other pieces but it was like yeah I mean people people in all areas of my life really were uh very afraid you know I I remember talking to my mom early on and she was like I think I had gained like maybe 20 pounds or something. And she was like, well, what if you become a whale? And like, does Jordan like fat women and like all these like thick. And I was just like, I don't, she was like, well, when you eat more, your stomach expands more. And then you're just like, not going to stop eating. Like everyone was like, you're going to get hungrier and hungrier. And and I, and like, part of me was like, maybe like, I don't know. Am I like, is that true? Is my stomach going to get bigger? And then I'm like, <laughs> just like be hungry. Like, you know, there's a, there was a lot of fear, but I think I could just feel in my body. For me with food, it was very instant. Um, Like I was happier. I was like more bad, like my moods were more balanced. I had more energy. Like Jordan noticed it immediately. My husband. Yeah. He was just like. Uh, So there is, there is something that, so one thing you said about like, how you started this with like, it's been a practice to like, you know, like it's taken time for you to trust this thing. I mean, this is, you know, what you're talking about is what in human design we call your authority. It's like your body led knowing and people have varying different ways that this kind of shows up, but ultimately it's your body knows and your mind doesn't have the logical facts to back up what it knows. So you've got to learn to trust it. So for everybody listening at home, like, this is the thing like it takes practice it takes time to trust whatever kind of authority you have so that you can follow these you know like you said you didn't if you had a choice you might not have chosen it but it was just like the the thing that you wanted you followed that and then you followed that thread all the way through and you can trust what your knowing or your authority was saying each step of the way which is great and this fear that came from the outside when you're when you're undefined it's like amplified in your own system so that you, you make sure you don't miss any information that you're getting but that can be a really overwhelming experience when somebody like your mom is sitting across from you and she's petrified and so she's feeding you all of this fear and what you're getting is all of this information about like i'm just listening to you talk and i'm like and there's the collective information on the size of our bodies people like all of these fears about what happens if i get bigger you know i'll be uh, um, my partner will leave me i'll be unloved i'll my body will like suddenly turn into this monster that works against me instead of this beautiful thing that is always working to like its best ability to support me right and you being able to be like, oh, maybe, but I've got this thread of truth and I trust it and I follow it, right? Well, and it was the whole internet, right? It was like, because <laughs> I was sharing it publicly. So it was like, at the beginning, especially, like, people were nonstop. And I think actually when I, like, I took a break from social media, maybe 
like months, like seven to 12 of my journey or something. And that was really nice because I had a break from like the outside concerns. But when you asked about the emotional wave too, I think, um, yeah, I, what the wave and I relate to my emotional wave now around it is that I feel like, like, I feel like it doesn't take nearly as long as it used to. And I don't know if this is a thing that happens. Yes. <laughs> I've got like, I can see my face. This is why I'm like, I can't like, forget. Yeah. I, I feel like it, you, it used to take me days to like, like really feel and be like, make a decision and see how I felt. Whereas now I feel like, I feel like I usually know something pretty immediately, but I usually wait. Like I give myself, it's really rare that I make an instant decision about something. Like I usually am like, let me just, like, I, I feel this, but let me just sit with it for like an hour or so, or like a day, like, let me just feel. And then I'll be like, okay, this. Oh my God. So for listeners listening to the audio version of this, I'm having like fits on the screen right now. This is so beautiful to hear, right? This is emotional wave for anybody with a defined solar plexus. This is like what you said about it used to take longer. So there's like a two part thing. Like if your nervous system is trashed, you're not, as I think you talked about that, like your mood stabilized, right? So if your nervous system is trashed, if your splenic center is out of whack in whatever way, defined, undefined, whether you're living in overt amounts of fear or wellness isn't present, you know, it's going to impact. And as if you have a defined solar plexus, your emotions and feelings are like out of the blue. They don't mean anything. They're here to like basically energetic. It's like taking a, a shower on the inside, right? Like energetically cleaning out your system. So if it's really noisy, you're going to be more emotional. Like if you're mind chewing over something or you're leading not from your authority your emotional wave is going to kick in to try and clear that out so if anybody's had this experience of having a big cry and then afterwards suddenly bang like i've got some clarity or i know or i realize that thing doesn't matter or now i can feel my turn on or whatever it might be that's what an emotional wave is for but when we like cling to them and we try to do something with our emotions like why are you sad why are you angry why you know and it perpetuates them because you're creating more noise so it keeps going to try and clean that out now and so when you have a defined solar plexus for anybody out there who has one it's about just waiting and just being emotional and letting it move through knowing that it's natural for you to have these emotional experiences, this wave, right? And the gift of it is you become an emotional master. Like you have emotional mastery because you learn what the truth to emotions is, which is that there are these waves, these energetic waves that bring you closer to your, your spirit awareness, right? Your, your own personal higher uh, way of being. That's so great. So you've like, real life uh living that and it's it's so delicious thank Mm. you Mm. clara you come from a background of like wellness right talk to us about that yeah as you were asking us initially i was thinking what came up to share was that um (laughs) so my parents met in the peace corps uh in the 70s and they were in Belize. And when they were, 
you know, when you're in the Peace Corps, you're, I also was in the Peace Corps in Zambia and Africa. Um, and my sister was too. So it's kind of a weird like family thing. But so my parents met in the Peace Corps. And when you're in the Peace Corps, you live in these rural places where, you know, medical help is far. So they got, my parents got issued this book called Where There Is No Doctor. And it was like graphic, like really graphic, kind of like home remedies for everything from all different kinds of parasites to, you know, if you break a leg or, I mean, it was just everything, like huge book. And I found it when I was like super young, probably like eight, nine, like I could read, but it barely... Um, and I was obsessed with this book. Like it's the first kind of place I remember being like, this is like, it's that unexplainable, like magnetic pull of something. And so the point of that whole story is that I have been obsessed with like the human body and health in a way, since I can remember like being obsessed with anything. Um, and so that led me to like, you know, it was this really healthy, like kind of, um, like lighting me up thing for a long time, but somewhere around, you know, like teen, like high school, like it was like when you start, when I started recognizing like, oh, my body looks different than her body or like, oh, this, you know, like if I looked hot, then like, you know, people might like me, like popular girls versus right it's like so I started having that kind of those realizations and then I started using health immediately then to like change my body so then it was like okay well if I run 20 miles a day like or whatever you know or do I I had this obsession with doing 100 sit-ups every night like for all of high school <laughs> just do that and we <laughs> my sister remembers it like she was like you know doing sit-ups by the TV, like, um, for years. Anyway, it was like Britney Spears abs. I wanted Britney Spears abs. That was, that was my goal. Um, so it kind of turned into this, like, it like warped into this, like, I'm going to manipulate my body. Um, and, and then I, it went into like, you know, basically full-blown eating disorder, um, you know, in high school and college over exercising, um, really like, obsessive and and there's always a piece of like control with this right but still I went to like I, I originally wanted to go to be a doctor you know so I was going to pre-med that didn't really work out ever um I kind of knew early on that I didn't want to be in like the the mainstream like medical field uh, I've also always had this kind of rebellious streak of like I can't like get on board like my mom went through a kind of a mental breakdown when I was uh like 12 ish and I remember being so adamant that she should not take like psychiatric meds um you know this is like a 12 year old with no no background in this telling my father that my mother should not take psychiatric meds and like being so, very so just yeah. this point here is so one three right like and and like and that and being and being in touch with like your own internal body truth, like your your authority. Like you see these, so for people out there, like this is the beauty of one threes, they come along and they're like, 
and if they're if they're in tune with their authority they're like no and people are like why and they're like well i can give you information about something else or i've played around with this or i've tried this or whatever else but it's just it's just the thing okay trust me like i think one threes are probably the people that are like come on like here's a bunch of information but just trust me and come with me on this journey and like i love hearing that your little 12 year old self is like no trust me here's some here's something else right yeah and i was right i mean she had a thyroid it was thyroid issue it wasn't psychiatric at all anyway um but so so there's that so there was always this thread of like just being a being really really interested in the physical body and and medicine um on that level and and also being like kind of no it was a knowing it really was a knowing that like the conventional medic medical path is like not real there's no real healing in that yeah. you know like that's not what it's not how you get healed it's like a proactive there's um and so I went through my whole like eating disorder kind like I, I, uh, I went to nutrition school when I was like 20, 23 ish, um, thinking like I had this kind of dark night in the soul where I was like, I'm going to die if I don't like figure out how to take care of myself. That was kind of like the thing that dropped in from God was like, you need to learn to take care of yourself. Cause I had been so obsessed with all these little details and all these ways. And I was always trying to be healthy. Um, but it was like, I need to learn to take care of myself. So I signed up to go to this nutrition school. Just, just honestly, for me, like, I was like, that's probably a one, three thing too. Like I'm going to get all the information, but it's really just for me, like just for fun. Yeah. Um, but I realized while I, a year into that program that it's like, Oh, I could, I could, work with people. This could actually be something I could be good at. So then I did, I started working with people. Um, and that was also like this slow realization. Like at first I was super rigid about like, kind of like ancestral paleo-esque kind of diet. And it did help me a ton. I think part of that was that I was just eating more like Demo was talking about. I was just like eating more all of a sudden because I'd been starving myself for years. And so I was eating more because at least in paleo, you can like eat as much of only certain things, but you can eat a lot of these things. Um, and so, so then I was doing that and I was working with people on that and like nutrition and learning about hormones and kind of specializing in like fertility and women's health. And there's that other kind of thread of knowing that it was like, I always felt like I wanted to work with women. I always felt like, um, I always understood deeply like this connection between, you know, the emotional world and your physical body. And it was kind of that thing of like, just trust me. Like, I know that this is actually what's causing this. It's not what these tests say. Um, and so I did that and through, through the, the work with people and through like my own continued seeking, um, I started to unwind super slowly the threads of the continued like restriction. And actually through pregnancy and birth is really, and working with Perry is really where I started to like, uh, pull out like the final roots of that restriction and like just fully trusting my body. Um, and I think like, I think, yeah, pregnant, like pregnancy and birth was just such an incredible experience, uh, 
watching like the wisdom of my body do its thing and having like no, you know, you don't think about creating a baby. Like you just grow a baby. <laughs> and yeah. my, both of my birth experiences were like so magical and empowering and like, um, and just gave me that trust in, in my, in my body and my knowing. And I knew, I knew from the moment I got pregnant, like this, this is what I meant to do. Like I had no doubts really, which yeah. I think so is I not common yeah I and I think like we'll talk let's talk about um you know becoming a mother or preparing to become a mother in a in a second this the reflection that I want to give from that share from the human design perspective there was like you have just described what it's like to be a generator and like you're a manifesting generator and that following the breadcrumbs through your life of you know all of those ways that you find this book and then that leads you to something else and then maybe it's med school and then maybe it's you know this nutrition course and maybe it's something else and you're just following these threads and everything in hindsight for generators and manifesting generators makes sense, right? So if you're a generator or a manifesting generator out there, it's like you don't know where you're going. You just follow these breadcrumbs and then in hindsight, you're like, oh, look how all these dots join up to, you know, be what I'm about. Who, who I am, what I'm here for, all of these big mysterious questions around, you know, life purpose or, you know, people get really caught up in their incarnation cross and will that tell me, you know, what I'm here to do and actually like living your life will tell you that, right? And and similarly, you know, with Dima and her journey around, you know, her life and being a projector and that's all about refining and tweaking and, and working out, you know, what your your thing is, right? What 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 it is that you've got here to uniquely penetrate the world with, right? And, you know, sometimes we don't choose these things, but they choose us. And it's about following that inner knowing to to really and creating the space to to really uh, come into relationship with that. So I think, uh, you know, we've we've kind of got that feel from both of you in your shares. Um, let's let's talk about motherhood and preparing to become a mother and you know that experience you know I've I've got three kids and I know Clara you just said that your you know your births were magical my first one was most definitely not I was that very young person who didn't trust my body and so just listened to what the doctors told me and that ended up very nearly in a cesarean but thankfully, at that last minute, that splenic ping, that primal instinct took over and I reclaimed that kind of power of my own body and gave birth to my beautiful son, who's now an enormous man, which kind of like blows my mind, um, six foot two man mountain. And I'm like, that came out of my body. I don't know how that happened. And this is the thing, right? Like we don't have we don't have a society or a collective program that encourages us to trust our bodies so when we're preparing for pregnancy when we're pregnant when we're giving birth when we're postpartum when we're raising little babies and toddlers and and our bodies let's talk about that because you know you've both had experiences or on journeys around that um you know what lights up for you around that? Well, I was I was just thinking 
about how Dima was saying that, you know, the only place that she maybe didn't trust, like her knowing fully was, was her body. And I almost feel like I'm like the opposite. Like, it's like the only place I really did, like having a, having an eating disorder, um, which is such a hard thing to define by the way. So, you know, I kind of think it's like a spectrum, but it was like, like really hard to go against. Like, I felt like I was constantly like, there's this knowing that like, this is not right. And it was just like, it was like the amount of effort. And I'm sure this is, this is probably true for most people with eating disorders, but the amount of effort that it took, like, I was always like, I'm a, I'm a terrible anorexic. Like I literally would have that thought when I was like in, in my eating disorder, like this must be easier for other people. (laughs) Um, like, like it was just, it's like there, there's something about the trusting of my body that like, once I finally got over that whole thing, um, that's like the one thing that's like the most natural, that it's the most natural for me, the, the intuitive trusting of my body. And so the motherhood journey, I think fully brought that through, like fully allowed me to, to embrace that gift, you could say. Yeah. And that's when we have definition, like where we have color in our chart is around mastery, right? So you are here to master this ability to have this radar for your own wellness and well-being and what helps you to thrive and be healthy and, you know, have this incredible body that is totally for you right so that's a that's a beautiful description talk to me about because you've been on a journey just like lately in postpartum you know you've got two little babies really close together gorgeous girls talk to me a little about that and and wellness in that because that's a like i think there'll be a lot of listeners out there that are mothers and you know having wellness and having that radar for wellness and what you need and really good you know, nervous systems and all that sort of stuff when you have got these other little people that, you know, are relying on you for their wellness too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's very, very clear to me that my health is their health. Um, and my health is the health of the family. So, I feel super clear that I have, like, it's like a, it's not like, oh, I have to take care of myself. Like, it's not like some surface level thing. It's like the deepest thing, the truest thing for me is to take care, like really good care of myself. And I think what's been surprising is there's still a lot of threads for me around like how much that actually takes. Like it's like, I need so much care. Like I need so much food. I need so much space. I need so much time. And it's like, been I think over the course of the last three years, which is like two pregnancies, two babies, breastfeeding the whole time. um, It's just like really, really feeling the truth of like how how much it takes to take care of me, but how true it is for me to be really well taken care of. Um, and so on a practical level, I guess what that looks like was like preparing super well for postpartum for both babies. We did a really good job. Like my husband and I preparing with help, with support, um, with food, um, and, and even just like communicating, you know, about like, okay, these are all the jobs in the house. Like who's going to do what, 
Um, we did it even better for the second one because we had already done it. So we knew more what we needed. Um, and then we had another, ba another baby to take care of too. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that, that, that feels like the, on, on a practical level. And then, you know, what, what I've been working with right now is like, and I think Dima's kind of been working with this too, but it's, um, help, like having like higher hiring help. Um, and just like having help around, like I'm lucky to have both grandparents kind of close. Um, and so it's been this practice of, you know, I have very specific ideas of like how I want people to take care of my kids too, like how I want them to talk to them, what they eat, you know, stick, sticking to their routines. Like that's all part of creating a healthy ecosystem of a family um, of which I am the center of like the, the gravity of. Um, and so it's like being really clear on what the boundaries are when other people take care of them and also seeing the places where I can like let go and just like let other people have different relationships with my kids. I think, I think that's one spot that I've seen a lot of, of friends, um, struggling, especially with new babies. Like obviously a newborn is going to want to be with mom more, right? It's like, we have the breastfeeding, you've got the boob, like, that there's something that the, the dad cannot do, but something that I did like from the very beginning was really involve my husband in everything. So he didn't ever, and I, and I was really careful never to like harsh, like emasculate him in like with direction, right? Like saying like, you're doing it wrong. Just give her to me. Like there's so many ways that mothers can do that because there's instincts that we have that I don't think men have. <laughs> I, think, I so, think this is, I think this is like really beautiful. What you're talking about here is like what I'm receiving from this is for mothers out there to really sink into the, like the responsibility of being the wellness of the family, you know, like your wellness is your girl's wellness, but also like your wellness is the whole entire family's wellness. And you are, you know, you are the one that's actually responsible for that at the end of the day. I think this is a lot of what I see in the collective with my sight, with my unique gift uh, of sensitivity is a lot of people that are really victimized by the fact that there is a level of responsibility that they're not taking in terms of their own personal place in the, you know, in the in the collective weave, right? And this is a lot what I see in mothers is like, I'm going to back away from my responsibility, and I'm going to have a whole lot of story about why I can't take that. So if you're a listener out there and you got pinged in in that what what Clara was saying around like we've got help you know and being like well I can't I don't have that or I don't have a husband I'm a single parent that's a, a way that I used to avoid my responsibility a lot was like oh well it's all okay for these other women with children because they don't they've got partners that are financially supporting them and I have to do everything you know right but that's like I look back and I I, I laugh it's so funny about how these places where we feel like we don't have what we need are actually the invitations to step into like where we're not taking responsibility for the creation of our own life right um and and that's a really powerful shift in kind of relationship with energy right so for anybody listening out there like really sink into that permission that's coming through from clara's story around like are you the taking responsibility for the for, for being that center for being that like hub 
of wellness and you know magic for your family um Dima I just want to like this keeps peeing in the back of my mind because you touched on it before and before we like start talking about your relationship to like parenthood down the track you mentioned before about something your mum said around Jordan and what would happen, you know, what how he would find you with having put on weight. And, like, anybody that follows Dima is going to know the answer to this question. But talk to us a little bit about being in a relationship where you have put on weight and what's happened there. Because I know when I had a relationship and the first thing I did was get as ripped as fucking possible because I was certain that was the way that I was a going to get revenge and B find another man. Right. Um, and you know, and so talk to us a little bit about that journey for you. Yeah, honestly, I think when people ask me this question, not you, but I think like people in general always want me to be like, Oh, it was like really Like I was really, insecure in my relationship like I Jordan is so supportive that like of course I had some stuff come up like I would ask him at the beginning I'd be like like because within a few weeks like I went from having no cellulite on my butt to like a ton and I was like is this like does it like like is this gross like what do you think and he'd be like what are you talking about like what that just like you're just like you're telling me like your butt jiggles more like that's what you're like worried about I was like yeah he was like he was like I think that's great like he jiggle it again and I'll check right (laughs) yeah he's been like thrilled every step of the whole way to the point now that where like my weight has plateaued I think he's like a little bit worried that I'll lose some at some point because he like he'd be so thrilled if I stayed this weight forever like he's like and he wasn't like at the beginning like you know he started dating me when I was like a very thin gym chick like I was like very strong and went to the gym all the time and like um yeah he this this is great this is what I love about this for like a reflection for the listeners is like in terms of like your journey wasn't actually about Jordan. It was for you, you, for you, right? Like, and like, yeah, you're saying you checked in with him, but really it was never going to change your path, whatever, whatever. No. And even if he hadn't liked it, I mean, it wouldn't have happened with who he was, but I hear a lot of women say that like they started gaining weight and their partner didn't like it. And like, yeah. And so, and, and so this, the, I think this is the permission here. That's about them, not about you, right? Well, yeah. And like, ultimately, like, would I have stayed in a relationship with someone who didn't like approve of that? Absolutely not. And so it was kind of just a bonus that he was so um, supportive and excited. And honestly, he made it a lot easier for me because of like feeling him enjoy my body so much and like that's been mind-blowing for me in terms of my relationship as well like having uh and I and 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 having that experience of like being like in it like the enjoyment they receive from our bodies at healthy fully expressed in tune embodiment right yeah yeah, I mean, is he's I've never had better sex than I'm like having now at this size. Where it's like even though physically it's like a bit harder to like be in certain positions, it's like way more 
it, it like I just have so much more sensation and I think the biggest like there's a lot of my own body that's really amazing like my boobs are just so much bigger you know there's like a lot more to feel but with him it's like I could always feel him in our sex but now it feels like he's just like like drowning in the feminine like he it feels like he's just gonna like explode because he like doesn't even know what's happening and i'm just like this is and like i it wasn't the same before because now it's like my body just like envelops him and it just feels like yeah i can i can see it in his face just he just is like like it looks like he's just gonna die for the audio listeners at home, I'm unbuttoning the the ends of my shirt so I can push my sleeves up because it just got hot in here. <laughs> um, like I I I love I love this conversation because we, you know, like we've got taught to not trust our bodies. We've also we're also taught not to trust uh, our bodies in connection with other bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jordan has a relationship with his own body and his own self and his own energy and his own you know, being, fleshy being that allows him to meet you here in relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had the experience of, of of the relationship that was like you've put on weight and it being a bad thing and not understanding that that wasn't actually about me, that it was about them and their relationship to their body and where they were at, right? And now I'm learning something new and I think for listeners at home, like, this cellular experience and we've got to remember like on a on a cellular level we're carrying through like a lineage of relationship to body that's out of whack right so if you're doing this piece of coming back into like truth with your relationship to your body to your relationship to intimacy in your body and all of that sort of stuff just like go gentle and be loving to yourself because it's like it's a it's a big thing it's a big thing and you don't have the cellular coding or the memory, uh, the physical memory of something different until you do. And when you do, mm-hmm. then that opens up so much more. Like what you were saying about having Jordan be so supportive made it easier in some ways because it wasn't you didn't have to actually add that onto the plate of the things that you were experiencing. Um, and you've also got this experience that you're able to transmit to other people of what it can be like, which is so great so thank you for that talk to us a little Mm. about your uh you you know like in the future you and jordan plan to have children and so like how's that landing right now with your your body like and and Mm. and i really want to talk here like instincts for you right like you say that you're feeling a pregnancy in like a little while down the track right talk to me because this is like where we get primal Mm. here like i think having children is one of those spots where we do surrender more into trusting those instincts than anywhere else in our life. It's like something about it is really primal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole this whole conversation is really interesting for me because I don't spend a lot of time like like thinking about my knowing. And so like I think in thinking about it, I'm like, oh, there are all these pieces of like um so i think that in a year and a half two years is when we'll start trying to have a baby um part of me and i will say actually like 
a few months into eating more food. Up until then, I was kind of ambivalent. I was like, yeah, okay, maybe we'll have kids one day. But I was not, like, pushing for it. Like, I was not that interested. I was like, I could take five years. Like, it just doesn't. And then a few months into eating more food, I it, it felt like something kind of switched. And I was like, oh, I want to have, like, 12 babies. Like, all I want to do is just, like, lay in bed and eat and just, like, have babies. Like, that could be my life and that would be great. And, like, so that kind of dropped in then. But then, um, so part of me is, like, I want a baby, like, now. But I don't actually. Like, I can feel that the true thing is, like, maybe the end of the next year we'll start trying and also with where my body is it, it just makes sense um but something really interesting has dropped in like the past few days of um like I've had this polyp in my uterus and I've had it for like at least four or five years and there's something in the uh and so I've been bleeding right now for like a lot like seven months just like continuously and uh, I had like a lot of hormonal stuff before I started eating more and now it's the same but different. Um, and so, but I, I feel like I'm in this spot now where like I've healed my stuff around food. My body weight has stabilized. Who knows what it will do, but for this past six months, it's been the same. And I can feel in my body like, yeah, like I'm going to have a baby. The way that I feel it is just like, is when I say I've never really thought about it. It's just this like, like sense of the future, like this knowing of like, like almost like this has already happened then. Like this, this is, is currently happening. It's just happening then. This is one of your splenic gifts, by the way. So Me? yes. So for listeners at home, Dima has gate 57. Um, it's an ability to see future timelines or in, in, instinctually intuitively know future timelines and to be mm -hmm. able to get into alignment with them um and it's remembering splenic center right primal instincts intuition it's not mental it's not rational you just have this sense this knowing this like oh in the future i have a baby yes yeah. well that's how i felt about like when we i was posting about the well we just drilled here it was the same way when we came and saw this house and it was like well it has no water and i was like this land has water and it was just like i don't know what i was like yes there's water over there and then there was now we have like hives producing well on the whole island so like there yeah there's these places um but like i think the spot i'm in now is kind of this merging of like like all of the different like opinions and different ways of doing things like I think I've I've healed a lot of the emotional stuff around like my hormones and my body and um I think like I'm more intentionally nourishing my body with food like I'm in a place where I can do that and uh I'm thinking I'm gonna get this polyp removed which is huge for me because I've been very against like anything to do with like western medical system but it kind of just dropped in a, a couple of days ago and i was like you know what like i think it's just time like i think it's like like whatever grew that in me is like kind of like done like i'm done. like the emotional process energetically it's done physically it's done 
like I'm in a, such a different place and it just feels like it'll be very supportive to my body. Like the polyp can be creating its own hormonal stuff. Like it just is, you know, and it can be in the way of having a baby. And so it's this like feeling of like, um, yeah, just like this makes the most sense right now in order to prepare for that. Yeah. Then it's is um, your other splenic gift. <laughs> this is a, I can't make this shit up people these conversations just happen so naturally but gate 18 or the gate of correction which is you know moving from having judgment to knowing that everything's perfect right and being able to see the thing that needs correcting but understanding that there's like a readiness point that divine timing part of you know not some external authority telling you how to correct things or when to correct things but this internal instinctual knowing that now is time right yeah I've never I really feel that a lot in my life and I've never like put words to it or had anyone like say it but I really feel that a lot of like like this needs to be corrected or adjusted but like it's not because this person said this thing or what it's just like I just know that it is time for it to be yeah correct so beautiful thank you for like just sharing all of that and so clearly and so this is also really beautiful for people that have undefined splenic centers and they're like really like oh well do i not have instincts or intuition do i not uh, you know how am i ever going to be unafraid how am i ever going to be able to trust that i'm well well Dima is such a beautiful example of that it's entirely possible it's about staying with your own uh natural energetic flow and these gifts like still speak to you at the perfect time in exactly the right way and all of that stuff. So thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think like, is there any that anything that the two of you feel like called intuitively to to speak to right now about uh, wellness and food and relationship to body? I mean, the one thing that was just like kind of swirling around for me was um, this, it seems really simple, but it's like, it's like cravings, like, you know, like we have cravings, you know, I feel like this was a big realization for me a few years ago, but it's like, if I'm craving something, there's a reason why, you know, um, and one thing that I would crave a lot was like chocolate chip cookies. And it's like, right. We're like, there's nothing nutritionally valuable about like a chocolate chip cookie. Right. But there's fat and there's sugar in it. And, um, it's a way that like, Water. you know, there's emotional, yeah. Some like emotional connection too. Like, it's like, um, the, there's just like this thing around cravings being true, you know, like, and, and I'm still kind of working through this thread and Dima, maybe you have some input on this, you know, how 
like with an addiction, we can't trust our bodies, right? Like if you are addicted to heroin, you're going to want heroin, but it's probably not good for you. Like you don't, you know, but it's like, (laughs) and we're like obsessed with this idea that like sugar is like addictive. And like, that's why I crave the cookies because I'm so addicted to sugar. And it's like, sugar is fuel. Like it's, it's what your body needs. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like this, this piece around like cravings and trusting the cravings, but going like a little bit deeper into like, why would I be craving that? Like, what is the thing in that, that like my body is telling you that it needs like the finer tooth comb through the cravings. And I think this is really a beautiful example of your splenic gate too, Clara, like gate 44 is this ability to, um, see, see patterns or see, uh, you know, things, uh, of value and match them up with what's required. So we're like, when you talk about cravings, this is like your body talking about what it, what it requires. Right. And you being able to be like, yeah, that's true versus, oh no, that's an addiction. So this is, this is beautiful because it's like two really valuable points for listeners is like addictions mean that you can't trust your body. And so there's work there to do for you in terms of cleaning out addictions. What are addictions? They're like, it's distorted energetic patterns. It's not self. We call it in human design. It's ways of being that are not actually you that you've adopted and like unwinding those so that you come back to come back to your, the truth of your flow. And in terms of like cravings, this is what we see in that health highway of what Clara has this beautiful radar on, it joins to the ego center and the ego center is all about, I want, and it's about manipulating this physical, tangible, touchable world, right? It's about, I want this and like, I'm going to work the material world to get it, right? Something that we're really conditioned and programmed to either be ashamed of or to like be hyper uh, focused on, but in its truth, it's really valuable because you're getting these intuitive pings from your body around what it needs, this requirement, and then your ego center having this gift to be able to say, here's how you can get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is what we see in that, that 44, 26 is this beautiful way of being able to know what needs are and to know where those needs can be met and join that together. And so for you, in terms of like bringing up this topic of cravings, and it's actually just like our body is saying, I need this. And you Mm -hmm. having this gift of being able to say, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. And that creating wellness. So it's Mm -hmm. such a, that's such a beautiful permission piece for people out there. And it's also like, I'm smiling because I had a conversation with both my daughters, early teens, both bleeding. And I'd never thought to ask them if they craved anything when they were bleeding. Um, and I did the other day and they both like, like got like, oh my God, they didn't even realize that like there was a normalcy to having cravings when they were bleeding. Cause we'd never talked about it. Right. And this ripple effect of like, I was like, oh, wow. Like I've got, I've been so focused on my body wellness and my relationship with my body that I forgot about the ripple effects of being able to share this out, even just to my girls, even just mm-hmm. to, you know, my family. So you don't have to be doing this on a, a world stage like Dima and Clara's uh, doing too. So, but you can just be doing it for your family, which is really beautiful. Thanks, mm-hmm. Clara. Mm-hmm. 
Dima, is there anything you want to finish off with? Hmm. Well, around cravings, I mean, I think there's been a lot for me there around, um, I feel like, I don't feel like I've ever had true cravings until now. Like, I think for me, at least, it it didn't feel like it was possible to, um, of course, I like wanted different things at different times, but I'm really like, I really, really hate when people are like, like, oh, because usually people will be like, oh, you were craving this unhealthy thing. Here's this like healthy thing you should have instead. And I really don't differentiate like tight, like healthy and unhealthy, good and bad foods anymore. It's just like, if I want something, I just trust that I want that thing. But I think for me, I had to have full permission to eat like McDonald's, eat all the sugary, all the stuff to be able to come to a place where like now my body has my body feels cravings now that are like so different than I've ever had before where it feels it's like erotic almost like it feels like this just like deep like and it could be for anything like raw liver was the first big I had a craving for like a raw carrot and then um sometimes just the other day I was like walking through the store and like I've been eating um pretty intentionally like nourishing for the most part but then I was walking and I just saw these like hot buffalo wing pretzels and I was like oh, I want those so bad. And I was like, okay, we do that now. Like, I'm just going to have them. And I have, and it's just like, for me, there's no uh, like overanalyzing anymore because I really can feel how much my body, like my body's not going to want to eat hot buffalo wing pretzels for every meal forever. Like it just, it, it like, I can feel what it wants when it wants it. And something's all the time, like fruit or whatever, but um yeah i think something that's been really interesting for me in this conversation with clara is that like clara and i've been talking and like i knew we were been we've kind of come to very similar spots like we're in a very similar place but i think it's really interesting in having the human design like i can hear the difference in in her journey and my journey not just in like the like tangible uh pieces like obviously she's a mother and I'm not and like those pieces but like when she's talking about how she related to like like she was talking about the eating disorder and being like well she knew it like wasn't right like my experience of that was so different and I I feel like I could feel the open center versus the defined center in that where like Mm -hmm. I was more just like like I had a a similar one, three experience of like, as a teenager, learning all the different things and all the different rabbit holes. And like, I'm going to try this way and this way and cut out this and do, but like, I never had this sense of like, oh, I'm bad at this. Or I'm like, I'm, this is like, not the thing to be doing. I was like, this is the thing. And then I was like, no, this is the thing. And then I was like, no, this is the thing. And I was like, all these people are saying all these different things and they all contradict and like, yeah, so it's just cool with the lens of human design to be like, I can I can see the difference in like our our ways of relating, even though we're we're in such a similar spot. Yeah, I mean that's what I've really received out the, the, what I've received out of the two of you so generously sharing today is really like the first part is like what a slow journey this is. Like you can't rush this, you can't force this, you can't. There's no magic switch 
to instincts and intuition and relationship with the body like you've both talked about like a lifetime of cultivating yourselves to this spot and I'm sure that you feel that you're not like there yet you know that end goal you know false programming Mm -hmm. that we have of it but it's a lifelong relationship that you two have uh, both been really devoted to so for people out there that feel themselves at some certain spot on the map with their relationship to their body with their relationship to their intuition and and that you know two very different human design charts for these women to like what what Dima was saying around two very different ways of relating to this topic internally uh and externally but it's still uh it's still this journey that you can take regardless of how your makeup is or where you're at right now but the permission here is really like to take a breath and take off the pressure right which is such a beautiful place to land because both of you have this open root center in your human design chart this relationship to doing physical momentum and adrenaline and actually with your openness here this sensitivity to how much pressure there is right in the collective in the field and actually the two of you have just we didn't talk about it today in depth but the two of you have just said that it's like kind of like this undoing of pressure in whatever way in whatever form and actually coming back to just like taking it one step at a time for you Mm -hmm. you know and whatever was required for you in terms of what you knew to be true through a really long slow development of process and trusting that right it's such a Mm -hmm. like i just feel like there's so much like expansion and space here for people that maybe they're really gripped to like a better relationship with their body or being healthier or being unwell and wanting to fix that, you know, like take a breath, create some space and begin wherever you are. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting too that like we like even in our journey, like I think Claire and I eat very similarly now. And it's like funny that we just like kind of both ended up in the same place around it yeah totally I feel like my your dropping of restriction was like a year ago you like dropped it all and mine has just been like this like I'll drop that and then I'll drop that and then I'll and it's like been years of like yeah dropping the restrictions um but yeah, I feel like at a place where I do feel like food is neutral, but I also feel a deep reverence for um, sustenance, like for what I put in my body and what it does in my body and how it serves my body. Um, and the reverence for that feels, it feels whole. Like it doesn't feel like there's one thing that needs to be compartmentalized over here because it's not allowed. It's like, no, there's like a, a full reverence for even like McDonald's. If I ate, if I ate McDonald's, it's like, well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for feeding me, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, so good. And for the listeners at home who, uh, 
who have open ego centers. It's been really amazing for me to listen to this to, to define ego people. Um, I'm just reflecting on the difference of my own journey with my body. It was much more about uh, my egoic identities and what they, what I, what sort of body I had to have to match them. Right. Um, so I, have, I haven't shared in this podcast, mm-hmm. but just as a quick reflection, like. Uh, me with an open ego center, it was like my body has matched my image that I was currently dressed up in, right? And whatever that may be along the way. And it's been such a beautiful journey for me to kind of relax into that truth of like, what actually does my body want? And trusting that what that is, is perfect for who I am. Yeah. So thank you so much. This is really yummy and juicy. And I just love uh, showing embodied medicine women living their human design. And I really appreciate that. And I'm sure the listeners will get so much permission out of this episode in terms of uh, their own journey on this. Let us know where people can find you. If you've resonated with anything either of these ladies has said, or you want to explore a little bit more their journeys, um, where can they find you and what have you got on offer? Well, the best place to find me is my website, which is currently dematronix.com. I might change it to dematrogray.com, but dematronix will redirect there anyway. Um, or my podcast, which is the dematrogray show. Um, I think any social media would kind of be worthless since they keep kicking me off. I am there, but you'll, you might just have to search my name. And we I mean, we didn't there. even go there, but social media tends to be. Um... <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, my website. And then, yeah, I have my, my, I have a few different things, but I have my membership dirt, which is like a, attunement to your body and the earth and the feminine and the garden and um unwinding a lot of what's not true in your life and then i have body which is currently a program but i think it will be its own membership of um this whole like food journey and body and unwinding conditioning around that and i also have taboo starting in july so yeah lots of things but people can just go to my website and that's the best place really to find me great and all that amazing and uh dima's entire journey with food is on her website too Um, it's all documented there's one post actually i could just say of um i think it's called if you go to my writing archives it's called everything to do with my food journey and weight gain in chronological order and i've like documented each thing i've like written or shared so yeah that's the that's the perfect one three thing right all that information <laughs> i was like the there's all these pieces and all these places how is <laughs> anyone gonna find it and so yeah yeah okay so great thank you clara where can people find um you? yeah i you can find me on instagram at clara belize wisner and my sub stack which is uh, Trust the Magic. I think you can search Clara Wisner too and find it that way. Um, In July, I'm starting Fed, which is, I'm really excited about. I'm just going to say it's it's a feast for mind, body, and soul. Um, Whoa. (laughs) And it really does feel like that. It feels like, like this, uh, like this Greek, like feast, like there's, grapes everywhere and you're like dropping them into your mouth and there's like people fanning you and stuff so (laughs) 
Um, so if you feel drawn to that, um, yeah, find me on find me on Instagram. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. And if you're into the human design aspect, you can find me at Rebecca Kate Freeman on social media platforms or RebeccaKateFreeman.com. Um, thank you so much, ladies. It's been amazing and I have just enjoyed it utterly and entirely. I hope the listeners do too. Thank you. Thank you. I can feel it. I feel-